0: that's good why don't we just keep that in
1: nosy pod is brought to you by three creatives from brooklyn we are friends collaborators and commentators aiming to ask life's biggest questions i'm maya i'm kiara and i'm zaylee Who's ready to get nosy?
0: I am! am. (laughs) Welcome to Nosy Pod. Welcome everyone. You know, we've been recording for three years, but we've never done anything with any of our recordings. So we're so (laughs) excited for you to actually be hearing our voices. So We've had several false
1: starts. That's false. several false starts. We've really we been have...
2: working, yeah, a long time on this. Just crafting our, our image, rebranding, rebranding, rebranding. Like probably you 300 only minutes
1: of unheard Ugh. audio. Probably a thousand minutes. Probably a thousand. <laughs> that's more This accurate. is our
2: first live recording and we're doing it in quarantine, so we're all separated. We used to do it all together. Um, but it feels like we're closer than ever. Yeah, let's get into it. Yes, let's get into it. Actually, before we get into it, nosy listeners, an additional feature of our podcast will be this bonus commentary. I'll be kicking it off this week with some hopefully non-intrusive extra thoughts on how our conversation went. Okay, back to the pod. Our question for today is, what is activism-ism-ism? yeah it's a really important question it's very (laughs) timely now it was timely a few weeks ago i pray it will continue to be timely for the next it better be timely yeah it has to be timely it's life or death actually Um, literally
1: yeah quite literally (laughs)
2: Literally. um so we've been thinking a lot about what is activism i'm sure like everyone has their own relationship to activism it's hard to be a in my opinion maybe it's hard to be apart from activism nowadays especially with social media but we'll get into all of that but first let's talk about how we would all sort of describe or define activism in our own words nothing too doesn't have to be too too you know concrete just what do you think (laughs)
0: um my definition of activism it's just kind of it's the more classic version of activism it's based in or like my understanding of it is really based in like civil rights movements and black liberation movements
3: I think history was written today, which will have its effect on coming generations with respect to our democracy. And to
0: me, it kind of just looked like um, like a bunch of people gathering for a greater cause, like methods and actions that brought people together. Freedom! Freedom! Freedom!
3: freedom.
0: Um, and just kind of showing like acts of bravery and putting your body in spaces that you know, it was shut out of in order to prove a point and to bring up behaviors that just show hatred.
3: You're willing to be beaten for democracy
2: and you misuse democracy in the street. You beat people bloody in order that they
0: will not
3: have the
2: privilege to vote.
0: People together, speeches, conventions, um, you know, like boycott sit-ins, activist leaders such as Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Shirley Chisholm, and Rosa Parks. What about y'all?
1: I was going to say, time is really an illusion. Like, things have not mm. changed because... <laughs> If you look at these images and put them in black and white, they literally could have been in yeah. our textbooks in, like, middle yeah.
2: school. Yeah. My definition of activism is, like, <laughs> it's just about fighting against the powers that be, which I feel like is a very hippy-dippy sort of more 7 Not seven. I don't know anything about the 70s, but I'm just going to say 70s. Um, I got a silver star, purple heart, army
1: compensation medal, eight air medals, national defense, and the rest of it's garbage. It doesn't mean a
2: thing. Raging against... Systems and, yeah, Raging Against the Man and systems that try to, yeah, the man, the man, yep.
3: (laughs) Demonstrations were sponsored by a loose coalition of left-wing, pacifist, and moderate anti-war groups. President Johnson, meanwhile, let it be known that the FBI is closely watching all anti-war activity.
2: Systems that try to force people into categories, um, which is often like just patriarchy in general, white, hetero-patriarchy, Um, not to throw out the big buzzwords,
3: the decision to have a child should not be a matter to be decided by the male-dominated
2: legislature. So yeah, but I'm painting with broad strokes. I think it's kind of like anything, in a way. I don't know. My favorite definition of activism that I love is just the black
1: power movement.
3: One, One freedom. One power to determine the death of our own black community.
1: You know, your Malcolm X's, your Stokely Carmichael's, the classic beret, Love Me a Leather Jacket. No no Ugh, we stand. I love the idea that like these people were wanting control. They were mm-hmm. all about self-determination. They wanted control of their institutions. They wanted control of their politicians
3: should control the politics and the politicians in the community where we live. We should control the businesses and create employment opportunities for ourselves.
1: Like, less so, like, give. can you give me something? And more like, I'm coming
2: for what, I, what I'm owed. I'm like, taking I this. It. No more questions. Yeah, it gives me life. I feel like that's missing. I was going to say that something I've noticed recently is we're talking, I think, and it's just because people are, you know, burning down targets and burning down... Walmarts and whatever, you know, no one ever which missed a Target. Stand. Yeah, which we stand. No <laughs> one's ever missed a Target. There's always another one at least 30 minutes away, so it's That's, fine. Yep. Um, so this won't be the first time we mentioned Target. We kind of start running with this example because we couldn't think of other brands. Also, it did get funny after a while, but we do know other brands are guilty and we do not hold a vendetta against Target, just to be clear. And I, so I think that conversation is definitely coming up a lot more, just what Are we are we still down with you know, breaking shit for lack of a better term? Are we still and which I am? Are you guys? Yeah, no, no. Okay, great. I mean, I'm saying,
0: like, go off. Like, do what no, you need yeah. to do at this point because... Right. I was going to say, I'm not going to do it myself. Yeah. Like, go off. Yes. <laughs> me <and> too. <laughs> you will True. not see me out here burning a target, but I will be on my Instagram saying, go off. Burn the targets.
1: <laughs> um, burn <laughs> the targets. Right. My Instagram will say, go off, sis. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> eat the rich, but, like, uh-huh. in my house, I'm, like, watching Avatar. <laughs> I know <Noelle hear> it. <laughs> But I mean, like, yeah, that's how I think that, like, activism can still look really similar, right? It's like when we see the Time magazine, when we're seeing, like, these, like, militant expressions or, like, when we're seeing violence go on because it's been happening so long, that's how it still looks really similar.
1: Another way that these times are kind of, I mean, time is an illusion. Things were always the same. We're in this time. Mm -hmm. We're called America. Mm. But a lot (laughs) of, first of all, Mm -hmm conspiracy theories have been invading my networks <laughs> once in a while i'll be going through someone's story and they'll be like oh wow so the protest didn't bring the case count up wow wow oh, okay, suspicious and i'm like okay oh, whatever anyways <laughs> that's people just people being ignorant <laughs> i know i know about cointelpro which was basically a program that the fbi ran cointelpro is short for counterintelligence program and it sought to destabilize like black power movements and one of the things that edgar hoover wrote about who was like the leader of the fbi at the time was this idea that he was really scared of a black messiah emerging someone that black people could believe in because that Mm. would mean that this movement would like develop a stronger like face um and so like so many efforts were to like you know, detach Malcolm X from black Muslims and kind of like disband that connection, or just like so many things. And there have been so many mysterious deaths of Black Lives Matter leaders <laughs> who go. were like at the forefront of the movement in Ferguson, like died from being shot in cars and then cars being set on fire, or like just died of a drug overdose riding home on a butt in the back of a bus when they were alone, like all these suspicious things, six of them. So it just makes me think very suspicious, suspiciously about not only the way that like in metaphorical ways that these things are still happening or like mm. not very tangible or concrete ways that racism happens. Like we talk about it being like systemic, but like there's a very real and like sinister um Almost like a vampire force. Like, there's like still something in the air Mm -hmm. that like feels very evil and like real, like cloaked (laughs) hood, cloaks and hoods, like people walking the streets who like want to kill black people. Yeah. Like, just want to kill them. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I think it's a different and a different way to think about racism that I think is more urgent. Like, it inspires you to be more urgent rather than just being like, yeah, man, like, oh, we got to vote. But more like, <laughs> yeah, man, like, you might get People are dying. Be <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, I really hate conspiracy theories, but Zaley also really hates conspiracy theories. So if she's talking about one on this podcast, you should really give it an extra thing. <laughs> Um, something I really liked that you said that I hadn't really thought about before was this thing about there being a really prominent leader. Cause that's something that I feel like is kind of different about this movement and the movement. Not that I'm that old, it, but you know, I remember us going to protests. We all went to the protests in high school, you know, marching over the bridge when people like Trayvon Martin died. And, uh, I don't know. I think that this movement is definitely feels way more grassroots isn't really the right word, but I don't know that we have a very prominent leader i think there are people who stand out if you're in the know about this kind of stuff like if you're in the know about who who created the black lives matter movement or and things like that but it does very much feel like it feels more like a net collective yeah it feels way more collective and way more networked Mm -hmm. in a way that like back then i'm like okay martin luther king malcolm x shirley chisholm like what you were saying kiara um but now i feel kind of like looking around like who you know what's next yeah <laughs> who who's leading which this is, thing
1: which is terrifying because donald trump has like made antifa designated a terrorist organization so at this point like anyone at a protest could be like this is a terrorist you know yes what I mean? like yes because it has no leader it also makes it way more dangerous yes if mm-hmm. the government is gonna really go like ape on us yeah like yeah
2: Yeah, and I also think it makes it harder to, when you start picking off these people that are, you know, kind of prominent in their communities for leading BLM kind of stuff, when people start dying, it's like no one's really, like people are paying attention, but they're not really paying attention. Whereas when Malcolm X was shot, when MLK was shot, it was huge national news, you know? But it, it feels much more insidious that people are sort of being picked off
0: yeah, I mean, that, that also goes along with like media, like when leaders were being picked off, like there was one centralized place for you to be seeing these people like be mm. like broadcasted across like all of the all of America, whereas this is like you can have so many different outlets and like you don't really know there's so many different options for people to like look to people or look to people for being like leaders for certain movements. So like being picked off, it's kind of like it can go unnoticed because of like how things have changed. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, there is still a sense of like similarity, but like, that's like the difference is like the largest part, you know, is social media and these different media outlets. But yeah, I mean, that kind of goes into the next part of our conversation, which is like, how are the differences in terms of people, you know, enacting activism and how are people responding to activism now?
2: Great question. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Really great question. Thank you. I mean this is what we were sort of saying before when it feels like anyone can be an activist, right? You post something on Instagram, you're an activist. And the people who don't post on Instagram are not activists or it's an easy way of sort of seeing who I think this is how people talk about it now. It's an easy way of sort of seeing who's engaged in the movement and who is just, you know, scrolling through flat tummy tea uh uh promotions. A good example, Maya. <laughs> Which is fine, but I'm just saying
1: do you think that posting on Instagram is being an activist? yes, yes. or is that, is that activism <laughs> yes, okay
0: um, I don't know because i'm also <laughs> like i'm a I'm the type of person who does post on instagram like I feel like i'm I'm actively engaged in the conversation, but at the same time, like there's always a sense of like social media gives people anxiety, and so when you're not mm. engaging in conversation like I can tell that can also make people think that they're like I'm not an activist because I'm not doing this and I just don't I don't think the two equate to each other and I think that's also like a difference of like how activism is like used today like sometimes it can feel like it's becoming like corny because like the only like criteria criteria for being an activist can be like posting something from your phone and, like, what if, like, you didn't even read that? What if you didn't even read,
3: like, <laughs> yeah, what was going what on? What if? like, like That happens all the time. Okay, <laughs>
0: exactly. So you didn't read it and you posted it. So are you an activist? And that's why I'm, like, I just don't think that the two always equate to each other.
2: It's not Maybe a one-to-one a- relationship, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Zaylee. I think that the stakes are just too
1: low for it to feel like activism. I think posting mm. on your Instagram feed is... Just posting things. It's like your Instagram. Obviously, you get to post what you want. You're sharing things that you like. Ooh, good read. Mm Oh, Oh, yeah. Call your elected official. That's good today. But (laughs) there's no stakes. Activism has to be, like, a real sacrifice. It, like, feels real to you. It feels real to the people around you. There is just no such thing as, like... I feel like Instagram is just an extension of thought. And, like, you can't just think activist things. You have to live
0: activist things. I mean... Yeah. I I agree completely. Um but I just wanted to kind of add on to that and saying that like it doesn't feel like there's anything at stake because also with social media and with being online like people are able to choose what they want to see and like mm-hmm. get what like get what news and like information that they want to get or follow and engage in conversation with people who they want to engage in conversation with. So it doesn't like my definition of activism felt like occupying spaces That, like, didn't want you there. So, therefore, it was making a statement. And, therefore, it was fighting for something and pointing out behaviors. And, like, you know, kind of, like, evoking behaviors and seeing all this hatred that was there to show, like, to make a point. So, like, when you're speaking into a void or, like, just preaching to the choir, it doesn't always feel like activism. And I feel like that's kind of also where, you know, like, there is no stakes and why it doesn't really feel like there's a lot of weight in that action. But yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree. I know I said very vehemently in the beginning. Yes. I thought activism was Instagram, but I don't, and I don't think it's a one-to-one relationship because you're right. There are no stakes. And I think that, yeah, you're not really giving up much for posting, right? Like you don't make room for anything in your life. You don't, there's, there's no sacrifice. There's no, um, I don't know and I, but I but I do think that I've learned a lot from Instagram and I know that's maybe a weird thing to say just because so many people engage with it in different ways and it's hard to pinpoint it's hard to generalize and make one statement. I do feel like it's maybe one of the lower forms of activism like you're not really changing the world but there are things that have gone on to make really important like I've seen so much money raised for these organizations. I've seen people talk about um I've seen people talk about how they've changed their opinions about certain things. I don't know. I'm not I'm not fighting for this. I don't I don't feel that strongly about it. But those but, are good points. Well, just I feel like kinda anything is better than nothing. And maybe that's not cool because it's like, why should we be accepting scraps from people? Why should we be like taking the minimum and sort of making it more valuable than it is? But I don't know. I, I think I think engagement is important.
1: One of the things that really scares me about Instagram is the fact that, like, your engagement with it is really reliant on whoever's following you and whoever Mm -hmm. you're following. Like, whoever, whatever your Explorer page showed you.
2: It's all an algorithm. I, for
1: the first time, (laughs) was, like, exposed to um, kind of, like... A lot of Marxist, a lot of socialist Instagram was, like, Woo! coming up for me. And I was, like, <laughs> Interesting. And I was like, okay, this is, like, different from my normal, like, explore or feed or just, like, things that are being brought up to me. And, it, you know, it, like, forces you to think differently and you're, like, having different – just different things are coming up. But I hate that there's, like – I mean, obviously, there's a group think going on on Instagram. Like, mm-hmm. your feed – what your, even activism looks like is completely different than, like, someone's feed in, like, Florida, like, what they're seeing Mm -hmm. on there. It's just super confusing that, Mm -hmm. like, what you think is so dependent on the conversations that you're having, or even what you think is important, what's coming up for you, it's just terrifying. It's
0: terrifying that we're all in, like, our own algorithmic, like, traps. Bubbles. (laughs) Scary. Sometimes I feel like, my Instagram, like, makes me think that progress is happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, because <laughs> it can show me, like, what's happening. And this is such a, like, no, it's so pessimistic true. point of view. But, like, just as that, like, exactly what you're saying, like, someone in Florida, like, their version of progress could be, like, really <laughs> happening right now. And my version could <laughs> also popping be off. happening at the same time. But, like, is that just an algorithm? Probably. Probably. Potentially. Like a part of it, yes. You know,
1: I feel like it takes away from the movement. Like you were saying why this movement has no head. It's like a chicken with his head cut off. It's just running yeah. in so many different directions. Yep. <laughs> and yep. so like what we're defining as success, what we're defining as goals, it really depends on your feet. Like yeah. your feet could be like, um, what is it? Eight can't wait. And another feet yep. is like eight Take down eight statues. Eight abolish-
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Statue Twitter is so real. I mean, I think, not to be too. I mean, I sound so optimistic, and I am, I'm going to hate this listening back because, in general, I'm not this optimistic. <laughs> that's, that's why you're going to hate it. I know, that's exactly why I'm going to hate it. I do hate how optimistic I sounded. But I think that's kind of interesting. Like, I think that's maybe oh, worth yeah. something. I don't know, just the idea that there's so many it's so diffuse and that there are so Zaley, we talk about this a lot because Zaley always DMs me like, is this what the movement is now? And it's like something else that's <laughs> sort of randomly, randomly related to black people going on that people are like, yeah. And this too, like it's kind of like people are throwing everything into the pot at once. Cause they can,
1: because right they now. can,
2: Right, and that's why, and that's why, when someone DMs, DMs me, when someone Venmos me ten bucks, I'm like, oh, well, okay, give me that <laughs> I know, 10. throw not? that into
0: the pot as well.
2: I know it. It just it does yeah. definitely feel like this jambalaya, this mixture of things happening all at once, and I kind of feel like that's maybe a part of a representation or a reflection of who we are as a generation and what kinds of people we are. Just, I don't know. That feels like a generational thing, maybe. What do you guys think about that?
1: I'm really worried about that because it almost feels like we're like past this moment already. And You think? You think it's done? I do think. Wow. I do think that, that makes me feel horrible. In a week, in, in another week, in another week.
2: Good thing we're recording this podcast now. Good thing
1: we're recording this now because it's probably... I am pretty pessimistic about just our collective attention. Mm -hmm. There have been, like, (laughs) models, like, posting pics and being like, Brianna Taylor, and they got dragged by the shade room because they were like, why are you putting that as a caption? Like, people are trying to move past this and, like, trying to figure out ways to, like... I mean, if we're just talking about social media, like, move on. Like, be able to post their, like, bikini pics and, like at the same time be BLM and they don't really know how to do it because I think there is this like, even with Corona there's like this urge to be like, okay, we're done. Right. We're done. Like, let's go. Like, I want to go outside. Like, is this over yet? Um, so I'm just nervous that because it's so I'll use the word diffuse. Like there's no, There's no like one accountability, there are no goals, and therefore like (laughs) we move past this movement of everyone paying attention to one thing and like Mm. we didn't use it for any one real thing. Like right. I don't wanna blame BLM or or like even chastise us for like we shouldn't have to figure out what our objectives are. White people should be like figuring out what to do. Mm -hmm. But
0: but damn, like I just an opportunity. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna go back and not, like, be more optimistic this time, because even though we're saying that, like, there's not a head, there's not, like, the central, like, figure that we're looking to, like, the Black Lives Matter, and, like, that entire organization, and that entire group of people, like, the fact that that has, like, that is now a political, like, it shouldn't be a political stance, but now that is, like, a political conversation, like, I think, like, that group of people like that is like a head do you know what i mean like that is like the movement that we know to be true so i think it's like kind of like we can't completely say that there isn't one movement happening because we all know black lives matter we all know that organization and there's a ton of different activists that are happening in different parts of the country and i think that it's also really hard to be like it's just it's activism right now the conversation is so for me it's so also tangled with coronavirus and the fact that like everyone is an activist because of social media is also because of coronavirus (laughs) and the fact that our attention spans are short is also because of coronavirus so (laughs) like you know like relying on a platform that was always meant for people to share themselves and like share whatever thought that they had in their head to like be this activist platform is like also hard to ask people to do that because like Right now, it's I mean not I'm not giving anyone like an excuse, but like tying those things to like together and like relying want like activism onto like social media, which is always that was about attention span, it's like it's really hard to ask so much of it, and that's like mm-hmm. also the same reason going back to our conversation of saying like you're not really like nothing's really at stake when you post something on social media, and that's the mm-hmm. reason why because it's like it's meant to disappear or meant to like be thought about for a few mo- moments and then it goes away. So it's, it's, it's I don't know, it's hard for people to, like, continue on this, like, activist wave on Instagram.
2: Yes, Kiara. Yes, yes, yes. Yes to everything you're saying. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I think the idea of, and this is something that we were talking about previously, but the idea of activism as a trend is obviously something that comes up a lot with social media. <sighs> Just the amount of times I say social media gives me a headache. Oh, my goodness. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's an interesting idea. And one thing that I learned just from, you know, article reading and general busy-bodiness was that, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry. General busy
2: Just general, you know, being about around and about. Um, one thing about, this is maybe so annoying to say, but in psychology they teach you that public opinions are very slow to change. That's just one of the tenets mm. of social psychology. It, make, it takes a long time for... A big, big group of people, millions of people to change their opinion about one thing. And they, I don't know what article it was. We can, I'll look it up later. So the article I was talking about was actually from the New York Times. And they reported that over the last two weeks, support for Black Lives Matter increased by nearly as much as it had over the last two years. Now, for how significant that is, we can debate. And we will. They tracked just people's opinions of Black Lives Matter over the past few years, and it's actually advanced so much, Um, meaning that more and more people are supporting Black Lives Matter, which I know can, again, seem like a little bit of a crumb, (laughs) because, like, what does that mean? Um, But I do think it's kind of important, just because I remember five years ago, again, we were protesting in high school when more Black people were being killed. That was kind of a, a big deal i remember that people a lot of people were reluctant to say not my community necessarily but a lot of people were reluctant to say black lives matter and that felt like a like a little bit more taboo than it feels now so it's just interesting to note that something is happening like i don't know what's happening really it's like you stick you know you lick your finger you see which way the wind's blowing i don't know but something's happening uh and that at least is a little bit encouraging to me so i don't know
1: I'm really nervous that because it's a trend, which is obviously changing hearts and minds, it doesn't really have any like meaning. Like it becomes like Pride, you know, twenty years later, which is just like Crate and Barrel celebrates Pride, like Geico celebrates corporate. Pride. Pride. Yes. like Facebook <laughs>
0: yeah. has a theme. You could change your yes. profile picture to the theme. Yeah,
1: but. What does that mean? I mean, what does it mean for Target employees? They didn't do this, but it'd be cool. We <laughs> were hating on Target.
2: <laughs> what if Target. Target sponsor us. Like- <laughs> this is like constructive wearing criticism. Um,
1: <laughs> wearing a Black Lives Matter t shirts at Target, it, I, I think it just becomes make me like feel uncomfortable.
2: Uh, I don't know
0: why, but it would. It would be
1: so uncomfortable. It's like, what does it mean for Black Lives Matter to be a trend? It it just no longer means anything.
2: It doesn't mean Uh, anything. I I think that's really interesting because that kind of goes back to my original sort of definition of what it is, what activism is, which is like raging against a machine, right? Raging a machine. Jesus. Raging against the man, whatever. (laughs) Um, And there's like an inherent dissent, I think is the word, when you, like, fight against something. Yeah, I think it's dissent. Like, there's an inherent inherent dissent to it. So I feel like what you're sort of speaking to is, like, what happens when that that fight, even though, right, like, saying Black Lives Matter, how big of a fight that is, I don't know, but, like, when that fight has been won and, like, then it becomes... It trickles down to being, like, (laughs) made corporate and uh, made much cornier, and then it becomes, you know, like a banner, it becomes a logo, it becomes all of these other things. I don't necessarily know... I mean, while I do think that's unfortunate that that's the way things are going, I don't know what the other option would be. Like, would that still be the, stri- the fight to struggle against saying Black Lives Matter? What do you think?
1: Well, first of all, I wouldn't think that, I don't think that, you know, big institutions saying Black Lives Matter means that Black Lives Matter is won. I just think mm-hmm. it means that they've co-opted it mm-hmm. in order to, like, make things easier for them. Like, it's like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. this is the way that the country's going. Like, okay, yeah, we can put a banner up. Like, Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And now y'all don't have to boycott us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's, I think it's just a bad thing. I think it does, Black Lives Matter has to be something that, like you said, rages against the man. And first of all, I think that there's something, like, because Black Lives Matter doesn't have very many defined policy objectives. Mm-hmm. Then, like from the outset, it kind of makes sense that within five years you can get so much of the country to be like, okay, Black Lives Matter because there's <laughs> nothing. What? Okay, okay. Now you've literally said Black Lives Matter. That's like saying bees matter. Like you could literally say <laughs> oh my that. My God, Zaylee. Yeah. Like, damn. And there's, really? Look, uh, look. look. <laughs> I bet dot, dot, like dot. before this, <laughs> twenty years ago, you could walk up to a white person and be like, "Do Black Lives Matter?" and they would be like, "Yeah," because it like. It's, it's an easy thing to say and even now there's nothing there was nothing behind it in the first place. I so don't I think, think that's we're in true. a place.
0: I think that there's still policy. Like now we hear defund the police and now that's a politi- that's a policy that is hoping to be enacted and that's like the next step for Black Lives Matter. So I don't think that like it's like absent of policy. And like like now that's like a new thing of being like, Do you agree with defund the police? And like now that's like <laughs> a new thing. But... um... I'm glad that's happened. And I think that that was birthed out of
1: this idea, like, oh, like, everyone... Is agreeing with us like mm-hmm. we need to take this a step further you know what i mean like i think that's how movements evolve i think that if it was just black lives matter alone that was always going to end in yeah okay black no. lives matter that's Facts. cute and notice how defund the police that might take us another 25 years but i think we're that, like, hell no no exactly uh. exactly
0: but i think that like what you were just go, like going back to your point of talking about like pride and like adopting like basically aesthetic to show that you, like, are having some sort of conversation or acknowledging some sort of, like, social activist movement, I think that, like, the one thing that is, that might be different is that with Pride, I mean, like, queer people talk about this all the time, Is like, stop commercializing my life and actually, like, do something. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, that sentiment is also still really, really here with Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are definitely like okay like yay thank you actually not thank you for posting that black square like thank you for showing that you're like participating but at the same time like at, like I know like with Starbucks like they didn't want people to wear black lives matter like merchant not merchandise t t-shirts. t-shirts merchandise um but like now that's a thing that they're doing but at the same time it's like okay I don't think that people are saying that, like, like that's enough. I think that, like, there's still this part of the movement that is asking for more and asking for systemic change because this has been happening so long. And I think that, like, it's not, it's not just, like, aimless. I think that there's still a lot of intention in what needs to happen next.
1: One of the things that I think about a lot is this interview that this guy named H. Rap Brown did where he talked about the idea that marginalized groups are always going to be allowed um, just movements that or or just like expressions that are cultural because they don't they are not a threat to institutions in power and like hmm. political movements will always be stifled because they're they're always a threat. And I think that the danger in like, these big institutions or, like, people beginning to say, like, yes, Black Lives Matter, is that they are making it something that feels cultural. That they've, like, turned it into a cultural thing. of I being mean like, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Like, it is not... It is no longer what would Target have to do with Black Lives Matter. <laughs> They're not the police. Like they don't have anything to do with defunding the police. Like you can tell that it's become cultural because mm-hmm. it like it's just virtue signaling. It's like mm-hmm. young people of color can shop here. Like we're opening our doors to you, rather than Target being like the the natural reaction to a political movement would be we're donating hundred million dollars to. Black Lives Matter to help you do X, Y, and Z, and it's funny that we keep
2: using Target example because they. I know. I don't know why. <laughs> I know. Hiring <laughs> <hard. laughs> lots of
1: Black people on,
2: too. We are so sorry, Target. So because we love this Target example, I did a little research to see how they've responded to the Black Lives Matter movement, and they've donated $10 plus ongoing resources for social justice. That sounds like a lot of money, and it is to me, but after doing some remedial math that I hope is correct, I found that's only 0.05% of their $18.4 billion income just from 2019 alone, and they're worth way more than that. Um, So I just wanted to make sure we were all on the same page about what Target is doing for BLM but twitter has twitter
1: is like a black lives matter right and so is uh yeah what's that ice cream company we should be using ben and jerry's oh yes defund the <laughs> please police sponsor flavor. us ben and
2: jerry's i think the justice remixed ice cream is so good oh, that's what it's called <laughs> so I said good Defund the police ice cream. i mean they flavor. probably have something like that but that <laughs> that ice cream is delicious
1: that's a perfect example of this being becoming a cultural movement mm-hmm. it's like ben and jerry's Vinnie Jerry's. Like, like, what are y'all doing? Ben like, it's just and about- Jerry? <laughs> like, can
2: y'all do you, can you take the police out of the streets? Oh, okay. Oh, I feel like what we're doing is, or what, what it seems to me is kind of a, maybe a critique on capitalism, kind of is threaded through this whole conversation on like what corporations do to people and how they, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know anything really sure. about that conversation, so I can't really engage, although I do believe capitalism is evil. As you know. We
1: have, um, we I think that, like, capitalism is, I mean, it's also in our social media. It's, like, built into mm-hmm. the... Just the way it is. Like, you post something, you get the likes, and then you keep getting more likes, and then you, like, Bill more, and then you, like, that's capital. That's I like, wish everyone could see Lainey's face right now. That was hilarious. And then you get more likes, and then you become famous on Instagram, and then you advertise. <laughs> that is, like, yes. Capitalism. So big. Right. So
2: huge. The, the, elephant the, <laughs> <laughs> the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room.
1: If I was a company or a celebrity right now, I would literally be terrified.
2: Because <laughs> just, they are know,
1: terrified. It's they are no, they're terrified. If I was really, really Caucasian and had never spoken about anything like this <laughs> really, or even really. thought about anything like this, I mean, and it's interesting because some of the biggest, like Kylie,
3: mm-hmm. Kylie has
1: really like taken this on. Like science, she the from Breonna Taylor Before you buy,
0: I mean, it, her Instagram yes. looks regular. <laughs>
1: Her Instagram does look re- regular, but she has been posting on her story about BLM. She's, like, signed this petition for Breonna Taylor, Black Trans Lives Matter. We're mm-hmm. donating to—today she announced she was donating to the uh, Marsha P. Johnson Institute? Or fun. Mm-hmm. Institute. Institute. Mm. Institute. Institute institute for a new kindle and kylie collection i don't know why i'm flagging her she's not paying us for this ad (laughs) but i'm just saying that like it's interesting to see how celebrities and companies are just like reacting to this i can tell they're scared they're scared
2: yeah i was just thinking that because there's already a uh, how do you say there's already just this sheen of like disingenuousness that we give to celebrities which i think is kind of not problematic, but I feel like I'm on maybe more team celebrity more often than not, just because, you know, one day I will be one. So I'm trying to protect my people. Yes. Um, I'm putting that into the air. My people. But I just think that, yeah, let me stop. They don't, they don't claim me. <laughs> <laughs> they do not claim me. But I do think, like, it's, ha- it's really hard for us to see a celebrity and believe that what they're doing is genuine in general. I think, like, there are very few celebrities that we see who do good things and we're like, yes, um, Beyonce yes um i don't know janet mock just i'm thinking of cool people um we see them and we're like okay we're gonna take your word for it like when you're donating this money i'm gonna believe you at your word that it's for a good reason and you want to do it out of the kindness of your own heart but i don't think we extend a lot of that courtesy to other celebrities is that a big problem in the world no lots of other things going on um <laughs> But I'm just saying that to say that, yes, Zaylee, if I was a celebrity right now, I'd be shaking in my boots. <laughs> Quaking. It is
1: hard. It's hard to, like, come off authentically and, like, yes. there are a lot of wrong ways to do it. People have been mm-hmm. gone viral doing it wrong. <laughs> doing it wrong. I mean, you want to say something, but, like, so much of it comes out wrong
0: all we do is Kiara point and sentence. laugh i just don't <laughs> right it doesn't right. have to come out wrong if you just give your money or to step down in certain places that's the part where i'm like it comes out wrong when it feels so performative when you mm-hmm. have to turn on your acting skills <laughs> and show that you care is when it like that's when you i feel wronged but mm-hmm. like if you come on instagram and you're like you know what, like, I definitely understand what everyone's saying. I have a lot of learning to do, and I'm about to donate a million dollars to this and this and this and this. I'm about to step down here and here and here. Like, just Mm. like with, you know, like, the co-founder of Reddit, like, Serena Williams' Mm -hmm. husband, and, like, um, with, I mean... Yeah, I was going to bring Bon Appetit into this, but that's a different case. He just caught nope, being nope. racist. But just in circumstances where people are like, I should not, like, I don't need to be in this role. And I was in this role because I was afforded these opportunities and because I have privilege. And that's a way how you feel, like, that's simply how you feel genuine to me. But when you're having campaigns of being like, I am responsible <laughs> in black and white, then I'm not going to respect you. And then I also feel like you were, like, you never had any intention of, like, actually trying to sit down to fix something that we all clearly have to do right now because that's what's going on. Speaking of
1: that video, let's just play it for them because that was hilarious.
2: I take responsibility.
0: I take responsibility.
2: I take responsibility. I take responsibility for every unchecked moment, for every time it was easier to ignore than to call it out for what it was
1: every not so funny joke, every unfair stereotype,
2: every blatant injustice, no matter how big or small,
1: every time I remained silent,
2: every time I explained away police brutality or turned a blind eye. Ugh, that is just horrible. It's horrible. (laughs) It's embarrassing. It's truly embarrassing from start to finish.
0: It's cringe worthy. I just wanted to go keep going on the like the
2: commentary role. Yeah, let's, keep, let's keep going. Yeah, let's keep let's riffing. It's disgusting. <laughs> I just don't like how cinematic it tried to be. That was what's creepy about it.
1: It's also this makes me think of okay. So Stoke, Stokely Carmichael gave this speech at like UC something, UCLA or like one of the UC schools back in the 1960s, where he spoke about this idea that like. White people, like, they're, first of all, no one can condemn themselves. Like, this idea, like, philosophers have even debated this, this idea of, like, can you come forward and be like, I am guilty, and I am sorry, and I (laughs) repent. Like, (laughs) it is just not something that feels, it will never feel real, it will never give us what you are what you owe us because you can't do it to yourself like we have to stone you in the streets. you can't self-flagellate you can't be like okay fine look i hit myself does that like make you feel better no we have to hit you (laughs) like we have to beat you up it's like when like a sibling like you just have to Mm -hmm. there's this when you condemn like someone else has to condemn you cannot condemn yourself it means absolutely nothing let's play let's play a little excerpt from the speech okay
3: the philosophers Camus and Sartre raised the question whether or not a man can condemn himself. The black existentialist philosopher who was pragmatic, Franz Fanon, answered the question. He said that man could not. Camus and Sartre does not. We in SNCC tend to agree with Camus and Sartre that a man cannot condemn himself. Were he to condemn himself, he would then have to inflict punishment upon himself. The officials and the population of the white population in uh, Neshoba County, Mississippi, that's where Philadelphia was, could not, could not condemn Rainey, his deputies, and the other 14 men that killed three human beings. They could not because they elected Mr. Rainey to do precisely what he did and that for them to condemn him will be for them to condemn themselves in a much larger view snick says that white america cannot condemn herself and since we are liberal we have done it you stand condemned
1: so basically what he what he argues is that it's like up to black people to come together and like decide what we are demanding from white people like it's mm-hmm. literally just what what does it look? White people can't be like. I decide I'm going to give you ten dollars a day for the rest of the year no, It has to be like black people. Like you owe us fifteen percent of your income until 2025. In fact, we have to good. decide because otherwise you are just taking control where it's not due. That's not fair. Mm. That's not fair.
2: Yeah, and there definitely is something about them being able to decide how how and what retribution looks like, and and. Um, yeah, and it, it is very much indicative of a, of a population that is just so unused to being told what to do. So unused to being dragged onto boats and made to till fields and fucking be murdered by, excuse me, be murdered by, you know, policemen and all kinds of, of the atrocities that we face daily. Yeah. yeah. So in your guys' wildest imaginations, right, how... What would, what would, repra- I mean, I'm saying reparations, but I don't mean money. I just mean, like, what would it look like for us to condemn white people? What would you want? Money. That's a good one. I want
0: my, like, run me my check. <laughs> reparations looks like monetary mm. value, my bank account going up, me being put in, put in positions where I make that money mm-hmm. because I was already qualified for it in the first place. Um, and so we're like millions <laughs> of other people who walk through those spaces or were on the you know outskirts of those spaces but it definitely looks like my a check
2: but i think my problem is i can't really imagine much outside of money i think what kiara said about having roles and being able to work in these really powerful institutions is also really cool but it is it it does kind of give me a queasy feeling to think like every time it's about black people being invited into these white spaces you know what i'm saying it's like you you pepper in some blacks and everything's okay it just it's a little icky sometimes Mm -hmm. but i still do want those roles like you know Mm -hmm. let me be the manager let me be the head of vogue i'll do it why not
3: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) why not it's also like there is no price like there's no price mm. to these black lives. And I think that even if they were to say everyone with, you know, black on your, even everyone who doesn't have white on their certificate, we're giving you $20,000 a year for the next 10 years. Yeah. First of all, racism would still exist.
3: <laughs> it would
1: just find another way to mm-hmm. be, first of all. Okay, I guess this is second of all, but that doesn't do anything about the police. Watch the sure. versions and
2: still have police. <laughs> like but pol- we
1: asked for police, they're like, okay, no, they're just. The we'll
2: just make more black police. <laughs> it's gonna be the yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Uh, like, good. bro, racism would still exist. They would build their own institutions, and it would still be steeped in like racism. Like. <laughs> racism. It would just it's so it's so insidious, it's so crazy to think about, but like racism is this thing that is always in history. It will appear, it will continue to reappear. It's like a shape sister. I've been watching a lot of Avatar obviously, so it's just like it's like Avatar, like it just exists forever. It reincarnates. It like it's not going away, and I don't think more capitalism is going to make it go away.
0: You're you're right because I mean, even if you do get money and, you know, sprinkling in some brown people into places <laughs> um, you know it, it still can look like and feel like tokenism it still mm-hmm. can be racialized you're, you're for you to be there is still always going to be doubted because it's going to be racialized and you're not going to feel like you or people are just not going to feel like you deserve that spot even though you are still again quali- more qualified than they ever were it's still going to be racialized Um,
2: um I think what yeah, I think that's ladies' wonderful points. I think what people need to reckon with, what maybe white people need to reckon with the most, because it seems like at least among the three of us, we're like in agreement, is is this is all like any form of reparation right now is gonna be a band-aid on a bullet hole. And to put a price on the way that racism has affected my life for the past twenty years, like even if even if a world existed where Tomorrow, racism was gone. Like, what about those past 20 years? What, what can you come up with to fix the past 22 years of suffering and of, of you know, just the ways that racism has affected? There's just no number. There's no price. Like what Zelie is saying. Okay, I do want money, though. I hope that's clear. I always, I always want money. And people need to reckon with that idea and like that's why when we hear a white apology of like i'm so guilty what? it's like bro you you don't even know they don't even know the 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 size of the problem they're dealing with like you just don't even know the scope it's beyond your imagination and that's ironic ironic because they made the problem
3: (laughs) to
1: go back to your question if you if i had to imagine like what i want from white people it's just like to leave us alone. And like you said, white people do not know white people cannot do anything for us because they don't like you said they don't know the size of the problem. You know nothing about being black in America. You literally don't know the first thing. You do not know the first thing. You don't know that many black people? You don't know people. <laughs> even if you do know a black person I promise you they have shared 5% of themselves with you like they do not share everything with you because they are protecting themselves I don't know one black person who like has really like given a white person like a hundred and thousand percent like this is who I am hell no you're not going to yeah. know. You're just not going to know what we're going home to. You're not going to know about our families, our family history. You don't know, and you never will know. And I'm totally okay with that. So <laughs> what I ask for it's just, like, stay out of my way. Leave me alone. Stop killing us. Get out of our neighborhoods. Stop gentrifying our neighborhoods. Like, I feel like allow for black nation building. Like, y'all got to build your nation. You got to build your institutions. You got to build your connection, your nepotism, bloodline. Lines, your friendships your wifey defenses like so leave us alone leave us alone like take your police force and go and go like i'm so tired at this point i'm so at this point at this point i'm so tired of caucasians i really am i really am they can do no good like i just think they mess every single thing up every single thing they're not good at anything. They cannot do one thing without completely terrorizing, oppressing, stepping on people, cracking people's mm. backs, like mm. making it so that other people cannot live. So like, leave us alone. I don't even want your money. Like, I don't want your money. I don't want your time. I want you to like, make way. Like, leave space. Just leave space. Like, get mm. out of our way.
0: I'm actually going to adopt this same idea of like, what Zaley was saying was just like, I want my own space that I can build. And that's really it. Like, just move out the way, keep space, keep room. Because that just makes sense. Like, it, it doesn't feel, like, realistic to, like, fix something that has been so, like, exclusive. Like, that never, ever took my my body into account. But I restate my first yeah, answer.
2: I <laughs> think you guys have really great answers. Um I don't know what I would want in f- in the form of reparations. I think what you said of like get out of my way is really great because I do feel like there's so many people, black people who deserve just a, p- a period black people deserve so much. But I think there's so many black people, you know, like ourselves who are just so talented and so powerful and so amazing and wonderful and could just kick ass if we had if if things were different and if like the society was set up so that three people well, you, first of all thousands of podcasts going on right now okay a lot of them are <laughs> probably bad this one I think is pretty good right um, I think so and <laughs> if the world was set up in a different way so that we could succeed more easily like that would just change everything so that black people could succeed more easily so that black women could succeed more easily Mwah. okay chef's kiss that sounds like <laughs> the best idea ever um, but I'm also really drawn to something that I'm gonna plug I tweeted about and I posted on my Instagram because I love social media, as as I hope you've gotten figured out by now. Um, where I think that I don't know what reparations would look like, but I do think that protecting the Black imagination is the best thing that we can do, because I think there's a lots of critiques, especially from people who are a not I'm not even gonna say a from people who are out of the know. Um, And they don't really know, like, what does defunding the police mean? What do you mean no police? Like, they can't even wrap their minds around it. But I don't think that's the point. And I don't think the point is to be critiquing ideas that black people put forward, but rather that the act of making space for something you do not know the shape of is really powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's life-saving. It really is life-saving for us to be imagining what life could look like without white foots on our necks. And I think we should always... Always, always prioritize that in whatever we do, period. That was beautifully said, Maya. Thank you.
1: Nosy Pod is a product of Nosy Media and was mixed, edited, produced, and creatively directed by members of our own team. Our theme song is Soul Jazz Legacy, produced by Signy. Special thanks to the UC Berkeley Archives, the U.S. National Archives, The New York Times, Democracy Now!, NBC, and the International Slavery Museum in Liverpool. Subscribe to Nosy Pod wherever you get your podcasts and tune in on Sundays for our nosy reads. And if you have some strong opinions, a question you want answered, or want to leave some feedback, leave an Apple Podcast review, send us a DM, or just stay mad. (laughs) You can find us being our usual nosy selves at Instagram.com, slash nosy pod that's k-n-o-w-s-y pod until next time stay nosy